Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And now it's my pleasure to welcome our speaker for this Sunday. Not only is she the mother of my children, but she is a spiritual mother to this church, my partner in life, and one of the best women that I know. I hope that you'll listen intently to what Pastor Amy has to share with us today. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. I just woke up to breakfast in bed, flowers, presents, massages. I'm just kidding. None of that because this is pre-recorded. But that's a nice hint if any of my family is listening right now, those of you near this room. Anyways, we're going to talk today about the fear of the Lord, and it fits nicely in our passion series we're going to talk about the story of moses one of the greatest known men in the bible even people who aren't religious or bible people or christian people have probably heard of moses the man who's known for leading people uh, god's people out of their slavery and bondage in egypt he's known for saying to pharaoh let my people go he's known for the crossing of the red sea and many miracles So today I want to take you to Exodus chapter 2 and we're going to take a look at what it says about the mother of this man Moses. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. So if you want to grab your Bible or your app, you can read along with me. Exodus chapter 2. In verse 1 it says, About this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby. And isn't that what we all think of our own babies? They're just so special, our own little ones. Doesn't matter what they look like, they just are so special. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Why would she hide her baby for three months? That seems like a crazy thing to do, especially today. Mom and dads don't even get the chance to announce the birth of their own child before everybody else on social media does it for them. The gender, the picture, the name, none of it is sacred for the parents to announce unless you abide by the proper friend and family etiquette on social media. There's this etiquette code, which you probably should abide by. Nothing is sacred. Everybody else does it for them the minute they find out the news. Congratulations, I'm so glad everything went well and you got to have the birth plan you wanted. And they tag mom and dad and and they're the first person to announce that the baby was born. So everybody else gets to know and they feel like they're the inner circle friend. I'm so proud to get to hold my new nephew today. So they tell the gender and they insert a photo of You know, it's auntie looking so beautiful, but in the background, the mom looks like death. (laughs) It's this terrible revealing photo of her. Maybe someone else has a photo. So excited to meet little Mo today for the first time. And so they've thus revealed the name. And even though it was a nickname that the parents swore they weren't going to allow, it's the only name that people now know, and it has stuck. So we're definitely not used to someone hiding their baby for three months. We spread the news as fast and far as we can. 
But Moses' mother, Jochebed, we find out her name in Exodus chapter 6. She was a Hebrew slave under the harsh rule of Egypt. And Exodus chapter 1 gives us a picture of what it was like to live as a slave in Egypt. Exodus 1 verse 6 says, In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Verse 9, he said to his people, Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. Verse 11, so the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. That word to wear them down, it's also translated to afflict them. That root word also means to bow down. They were treating them in a harsh way. They were, they were treating them so harshly, that word means they were forcing them to be bowed down. And if you can just read into that a little deeper, if you can see that, can you see the enemy at work? Forcing them to be bowed down. He will always want us to bow down to something other than the Lord. Keep reading and it says, they forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. Verse 13, so the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. The original text would be better translated, they worked them as slaves rigorously, with that word meaning with a severity and a cruel hardness meant to break apart, meant to fracture. They worked them mercilessly. They worked them rigorously to break them apart. Verse 14, they made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. You know, our government is not trying to make our lives bitter, but I like how God gives us an incentive to pray for them. It's like something to sweeten the deal, like bribing my children. If you do this, you'll get a sucker after. It's not like God treats us that, quite that way. I mean, I never bribe my children. First Timothy chapter two. Verse one, I urge you, first of all, pray to all people. Ask God to help them. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. I don't know what I said there. Ask God to help them. 
intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. I like that there's this pray for them and it actually helps you. Pray for them so that you can live in peace. It pleases God. I'm not trying to say that the government's our enemy or they're trying to make our life bitter, but we would be wise to remember that we're not just battling flesh and blood. There are spiritual forces at work in our world. We aren't battling against a government and we're not at war against our neighbor. And so we can't just reduce what's going on around us to only what we can see with our natural eyes. We, we'd be wise to remember that what's going on around us is also the work of the enemy, that he's at work and he wants to steal and kill and destroy. But the Bible says about Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. That's John 10.10. 10. The enemy would like to keep us in bondage, to oppress us, to wear us down, and to break us. Our enemy, the devil, wants to break our spirit, to break our will, so we don't have it in us to lead other people to freedom. So that we don't have passion, we don't have desire to share the good news about Jesus, but it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. When we put our faith in Jesus and allow him to be the Lord of our life, he leads us out of slavery and into freedom. Galatians 4, chapter 7 says, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And today, if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody that does. To reach out to somebody that has a relationship with Jesus and ask them to help guide you into freedom. Ask them to pray with you, to tell you about Jesus and what he's done in their life. My life has never been the same since I made a commitment to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. I've never looked back and you can do that too. You can lead a life that, that, um, that is full of hope and full of purpose. You can feel like maybe you're pressed and down, but Jesus wants to lift you up. He wants to give you hope and freedom. If we keep reading in Exodus verse 15, it says, And the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra, and the other was named Pua, and he said, When you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, and you see them upon the birth stool, if it's a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. Verse 18. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. 
And I think it's important to note that when we honor God and when we do what's right, he will always take care of us. He never changes. He's faithful. He's good. He provides for us. And we have to determine to honor him and serve him no matter what comes. No matter what happens, he is still God and he is who he says he is. And I've determined to trust him no matter what. And I know that you can also do the same. You can trust him no matter what. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is faithful. He cares for us. Verse 22, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. And I wonder, I ask you today, what would you do? in this situation? What would you do if you were told by your leaders, if you have a daughter, it's no problem, just raise her up. But if it's a boy, it's the river. Throw him in the river. What would you do? For those of you who are religious, maybe you're a Christian, are you just gonna be able to pull out the New Testament verse at this point and quote First Peter and just say, well, for the Lord's sake, we're to be subject to or submit ourselves to all human authority. No, I don't think you could do that. Why? Because you fear God. It's not that simple. It's not just that one verse we're looking at. And at some point, you understand there's limits. And you understand that there are lines that shouldn't be crossed. But guess what? There are other lines than just not killing your child. There are important parts of the Christian faith that are worth standing up for. Things like praying together and caring for each other and worshiping together. Where would we stand on those? Jochebed chose life. She chose God's law over man's laws. She, cho she chose God's ways over the ways of culture, over the ways she was instructed to do things, over the ways of the land and the laws of the land. And that is inspiring to me. That's what we should do. Just because something is legal or made law doesn't make it right. Our first obligation is to fear God. And as a woman and as a mother and as a Christian, you have the Spirit of God speaking to you and reminding you of what's right. We don't have to feel guilty about doing what's right because we're to fear God. You know, I've been thinking about this, but there, there is nothing in the heart of a mom that feels right about locking her child in a bedroom for days at a time out of fear and just giving her child internet access and shoving food under the door because she's afraid that the rest of her family might get sick or have to miss work. It's okay if everything in you says no. I'm going to trust God no matter what. And I'll care for my child the way God designed me to care for my child. And I'll speak hope and life and I'll bring touch and care and love with everything in my being. And at the same time, I'll use wisdom and be safe. I think about all the old movies and books and and the, the plagues and fevers and how they cared for their children. I just can't imagine if that was written differently and we were watching people, you know, that were boiling hot water and caring for their children 
and we were watching people say, no, no hot towels for you. You know, I have to, I have to stay safe because someone in authority told me I'm not allowed to, and this is what I have to do. Back to Exodus, the women in that day were told to throw their baby in the river and the soldiers would come and make sure that they would do it. And if they would refuse, they would be beaten and possibly killed themselves. And we need to consider that many of those mothers would have had other babies and other children. Moses was the youngest in his family. And as a mom, can you imagine the guilt? If I don't obey, if I don't listen, and I die because I'm killed. I die. What will happen to my other children? Can you imagine the fear that they battled? And I know that some of you even today have probably made choices that you regret out of fear. Because fear causes us to operate out of anxiety, it can persuade us to do things we regret. It causes us to need to be in control, to make decisions that aren't right. And God wants to offer you forgiveness. He wants to take you out of the bondage of shame and regret and offer you hope and a future. I remembered today, I haven't thought about it for ages, when I was pregnant with my second baby, the doctor told me that there was a high risk of uterine ruption, rupture because of my um, previous C-section and I had gotten pregnant so quickly after, which now I'm told um, very regularly how much of a miracle my four children are. But this particular doctor said, you really should consider an abortion because there's such high risk of uterine rupture. And it wasn't an option for us, and we never gave it a second thought, but fear sure tried to come back a time or two once that seed was planted. And if I can leave you with something today, it's this. I wonder if Yochebed was able to be courageous because of the example of others around her. Remember what we read in verse 17 of Exodus chapter 2. But the midwives feared God and didn't do what the king of Egypt commanded. And here they are modeling to other women, young and old, that it is right and acceptable to obey God. That obeying God is worth whatever consequence or punishment might befall them because they fear God. We need people in our church with the fear of God in them that is greater than any other fear. We need other people in our life rising up and setting an example for what is right. We need to have the courage to go against what culture says is normal and stand up for what God says is right. We need to have the courage to stand up for the value of life created in God's image. Exodus 1 verse 2, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got him a papyrus basket and covered it with tar and pitch. Then she put the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Travis and I were talking about this today and it dawned on us. 
hadn't even thought of it. But Moses' mother ultimately did what was asked by her of the authorities. Have you ever noticed that before? Have you ever noticed the wisdom that she was able to operate with? As a mother, she doesn't just pitch her child into the river, as she was told she had to do, in fear of her own life, but she, she places him in the river, the thing she was told to do. And I just thought, that's, that's brilliant. She's actually doing the thing she's commanded to do. Proverbs 9 verse 10, fear of the Lord is the beginning, the foundation of wisdom. And so she carefully crafts a basket, waterproofs it by covering it with tar and pitch and places the child in it. And his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. And you'll have to keep reading in Exodus to find out the rest of the story of Moses. But for today, I want to encourage you to let the fear of the Lord in us be greater than any other fear. And so I pray today that the fear of the Lord would be in us. And let's pray together. God, help us to be courageous. Help us to honor you above everything else. God, help us to honor you above anyone else and help us to trust you no matter what. God, lead us out of our bondage and out of our our slavery, whatever might be pressing on us and causing us to bow down and help us to bring bring people to freedom and, and bring people to you. We thank you for Jesus and we thank you for the cross. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.